Welcome to American Patriots Have Responded. I'm Bill Moss. I'm your host. My co-host Fran is with me tonight. Ed's not with us. Say prayer for Ed. Ed's not feeling too good tonight. Uh, we'd. Uh, this is a place where we fight for the Constitution over corruption, freedom over fascism, power over politics. And tonight, we've got a special phrase we want to share with you. You ready, Fran? I'm ready. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, we're back. It's January the 3rd, 2022. Uh, we're in our second radio season, Fran. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is our second radio season. Actually, our third, if you want to count blog talk. But this is our second season for uh, Spotify, uh, Anchor, all those other ones. We're on uh, Real Talk Radio, all these different ones for Radio Public. I can't keep I can't keep up with them. They just keep adding them out. Altel, Altel was one of them. They put us on, um, and then of course we've got our Bit Shoot, and we've got our uh, Brightian.com, uh, which is our pretty much our main one we like to go to, and would try to steer you to that. Uh, if you want to share anything that we do, I suggest that you go to Rumble and look us up under the Cat News channel as American Patriot News and air it from there so that you don't get kicked off of Facebook, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and you still might want to use discretion with some of the shows that we do. If we talk about the vaccine, oh, that nasty word, or if we talk about, uh, you know, the uh, or if we talk about crazy Uncle Joe, you know, they don't like that, you know, heels don't up Harris. <laughs> don't forget the CEO. He doesn't want anybody to know that it come out in court that he uses opinions and not fact pictures. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't want we, we don't want to talk about heels up Harris. We don't want to talk about uh, Anthony Mingle of Algae or any of the rest of them uh, if you want to stay on Facebook. So uh you might, might want to use discretion where you share us. And uh, if you do, like I say, you know, the, the Rumble seems to be a safe one right now. They haven't kicked us off off because of Rumble yet. Uh, but they won't even let us point uh, put on Brighton or BitChute because it's against their community guidelines, Fran. They tell the truth. Oh, goodness. The truth. We're going to show something tonight, too, folks. Yeah, we're, going we to get, we're going to get in trouble for telling the truth tonight. That's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to show you a picture tonight that's going to blow you out of the water if you haven't seen it and figured it out yet. That will show you exactly how bad the news is lying to you. But that's later on in the show. Uh, Fran, we, we, we've uh, started out two weeks to flatten the curve. And then we went, well, we have to go through, gosh, we have to go through 4th of July. And well, you know, Memorial Day and Labor Day and all these other days that we had, we had to go skip them and kept try to keep everybody apart Christmas last year. Uh, well, year four last, excuse me. <laughs> it's a new year. They uh, tried to keep us apart again this year, and some people, they did. They told you you had to have a vaccine to travel, so you go get the vaccine, then they tell you it's five days before you get your passport, which puts you after Christmas. And then, you know, the airlines, you know, they some of the pilots and stuff, they're not flying too often anymore. They're like, eh, no, I ain't take my shot. <laughs> get somebody else do your dirty work. And so now, you know, and now, now, we, got, now we got weather problems. 
So yeah. if the people did get out before Christmas, they can't get home after Christmas. <laughs> That's as if they can find their home once they get home. Yeah, if you can find your home when you get home, and uh, you know if if uh, they haven't moved in, <laughs> the Mexicans or somebody can live there. <laughs> South Americans or you know the. Don't forget the Haitians. Haitians, MS-13 love me at your barbecue, man. <laughs> they love me frying up somebody's neighbor's pig or something. So, uh, you know, if you're in town, God help that little Vietnamese pot belly pig that you got for a pet, because that's what they're going to look for. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have seen such... It's, it, it's, it's hilarious in a way, and it's sad in another. You know... <laughs> And I want to get a little serious for a minute, friend. Everywhere tyranny has took over in the world, it's been for the common good. It's for the greater good. It's for the good of the people. And the reason that it works so well uh, while it works is because those who tell you this they convince themselves of it. Okay. I can see that. And in convincing themselves of it, it negates their conscience. So they don't have to feel guilty for actually reigning in tyranny over you because it's for your own good. And if you remember, you came up with a film back at this, it was one I had remembered seeing uh, of Barack Obama. And he, he didn't speak these words in America because he probably got lynched. Did I say that word? <laughs> it had nothing to do with the color of his skin, folks. Because uh, I tell you what, uh, even if a white man stood up in America, I think, and said that uh, the American people are too stupid to handle their own affairs and need the government to do it for them. I think I there's think parts of this country they else. would swing from a tree. Uh, somebody else, I think, also said that same words. And uh, we won't mention what her name is. I think everybody knows that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, uh, does she carry hot sauce in her purse? <laughs> I don't know her that well. I thank you very much for asking. <laughs> but, you know, we, we have seen... Throughout history, we've seen tyranny take place, communism takes place, Marxism takes place. Um, there's some, you know, I don't like to get caught up in the words because it's all bad. It's all bad. I don't care if it's Marx, Lenin, Stalin, you know, if it's... Uh, you know, Gorbachev or, or uh, Maduro or the Shah or, you know, Prince Alibaba or whoever the hell it is. It, it, it don't matter. Uh, when you reign over a people uh, against their wills, against their natural and God-given rights, there's only one problem. It's not going to last. Sooner or later, either the people will write themselves or God will do it himself one way or another. Uh, the thing is, is do the people want to go through a thousand years of suffrage waiting for God to do it? 
or are they going to stand up on their own? You know, a uh, thousand years ago, it's just today, you know, no big hurry. <laughs> what a week. <laughs> you look at seven grand, 7,000 years. So do you want to wait a week in God's eyes? Or do you want to, or do you want to stand up and, and be somebody and, and do something about what's going on today? These are all things that are, uh, are amazing to me is, is that, you know, this, this experiment of Marxism, socialism, communism, you know, whatever you want to call it, isms, tyranny, uh, despotism, uh, What's some of the other words, you know, elitism, <laughs> this always fails. It always fails. The Bolsheviks, everybody, it always blows up in their face. And uh, the thing is, is just how long the people will put up with it. And, and you know, it was one of our founding fathers, and I don't remember which one said it, said that uh, people will endure tyranny as long as the pain does not become too great because they fear something that they're not used to. So you endure, endure the tyranny because of the fear of what would happen if we weren't under tyranny. And the thing is they creep this in on us, right, Fran? Oh, they have been. It started out a couple masks with the weeks and well, we need to go a little bit longer and, you know, just, you know, and then when Joe got in just six more months, well, you know what, two weeks to flatten the curve, we just started our third year of it. Can you imagine that? No. We just started our third year of two weeks to flatten the curve. Okay. We've seen businesses locked down. We've seen business owners locked up. We've seen people rebel. We've seen people fight back. And, you know, an amazing person right here is, is Andrew Cooper Ryder in Kentucky. He did not back down from the, from the governor. Okay. He said, hell no, I ain't shutting my business. They come in, they shut him down one day, put a food truck out front. As soon as they done it, start serving right out of the food truck, right out front of his restaurant. Next day, he was back in there. He's still fighting to keep his liquor license. Okay, uh, but that is that is government tyranny because there's no, no nothing in the law that gives government, the president, the legislators, the governor, nobody the power to shut him down. Uh, you've got a right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and that includes running your business, okay, and owning your property. So. Um, you know, and, and the gym owners, I think there was what, New Jersey kicked their doors in. They kept locking them out and they kicked their doors in every morning, go in, open up the gym. You know, them guys went to jail. But, you know, those guys, we should be, we should be looking up at them because they are the, the guys that got on the boats and threw the tea in the water of our day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the hairdresser, the, uh, the barber that uh, refused to keep his uh, business closed. Right. And he, and he had lots of people around uh, making sure that everything was everything was the way it was supposed to be, nice and quiet and cozy. And they stood there with their with their rifles and stuff and never, nobody harassed anybody. <laughs> kept his business open. It's amazing. It's amazing what a bunch of AR-15s and AK-47s could do for business, yeah. ain't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, under oppression, but... Uh, you know, 
this is this is this is this has got to be the sorriest I've ever seen our country in. Sorry, shape. Uh, Barbara Streisand, she got up, and I think it was yesterday or today, she got up and she says, well, the Biden economy is wonderful. It's the best in 40 years. Can you believe that? <laughs> she is getting up in age now, Bill. We've got to respect the elderly. Well, I'm wondering if she's going to have her own little White House at Shady Pines like Uncle Joe's got. <laughs> Uh, and that's an inside joke until we get to the end of the show, folks. Then you know what we're talking about, Shady Pines in the White House. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> or at least shady characters in the White House. Uh, but anyway, I mean, we, we've looked at that. But, you know, Fran, we, we have a picture here, a 1920. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell the people what the 1920 picture is about? This is going to come well, up me, the White House, but this me. isn't it. There it is. Let me let me tell you a little story here. Uh, the uh, in January 2020, I came across a a, a uh, call for artists, and then I got involved in with the, a response from uh, this organization that was looking for the artist, and I found out it was actually Indiana State, and they were looking for pictures to where they can have uh, a, a big celebration, you know, big reception for all the artists that was going to be there. And they wanted to talk about the, the women in 1920 that had gone to the effort of making sure that women in the United States have a right to vote. Because at that time, women couldn't vote, they couldn't work. They had to stay home with the family, or they, if they didn't have a family, they had to stay home with the with the with the health, and that is if you know the affluent people, and they didn't have much of a life, but they wanted to have a voice, just the same as everybody else does, because a few of them even had to go to work, and they wanted to make sure that their rights were were given to them as well as all the men. So nineteen twenty is when the right to vote came around so i painted a picture of a, a woman with a 2020 ballot in hand and walking into the ballot booth to where she could fill it out you know mark the little circles and stuff and it's been hanging in the secretary of the state's office since then and <laughs> it was only supposed to have been there for a year but covid cut into that time frame and i still haven't got it back yet or uh, check one you know we'll, we'll let that go I made t-shirts for 2020 uh 1920 to 2020 and those t-shirts were very popular i've still got a few of them left over if anybody might be interested you know they'd send us a message um but uh these women i admired them greatly because they did something as a group together and let the let their homes sit while they went out and, and rallied together their voice counted and it made a major difference Every woman likes to take up their right to vote and go in and say, I have a say in this election. And there was as many women as men show up at the election in, 20, uh, in 2020, because I, I worked the polls. I worked, uh, I worked as a judge in the, in the uh, primary and I worked as an inspector in the, in the, uh, the regular election in November. And I saw more people turn out to vote. They started at six o'clock and before noon, we had twice as many people show up as they did the two years before. 
and it just escalated since then. Um, but what did they do in 2020 to help celebrate the women's right to vote? Uh, they they out stole voted. half of them, didn't they? Uh, well, <laughs> we couldn't understand what was going on, but Indiana was one of the first ones to uh, set, uh, to record their balloting and report it to the uh, news. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it ended up being big red state, and it still is for the most part. Uh, there's been a lot of other states out here that didn't have such returns because they didn't get their ballots counted in the same day before, you know, by the by midnight that night at the latest. It ended up at two and three days and four days and a week, two weeks, and finally they get certified. And then when they go back in and do an audit on the ones that they're doing audits on, they're finding ballots that weren't counted, they're finding duplicate ballots, they're finding mail-in ballots that was never folded. And yes. they're standing and a lot of them are standing by their certification. In Arizona, they had a, a four hour, a three and a half hour um, report that they put out to the media and anybody else that wanted to listen to it there in Arizona. And it came out that the whole election, they had the problems that they had with their election when they did the audit there, the best that they can say about their findings was that it was unreliable. And that same night, the news come in and said they didn't find anything at all wrong that they reported. So they, everything stays the same. It's still certified. Now, what part of unreliable is, is certification? Did you hear? <laughs> did you hear Texas's news last night? Uh, about. What topic? The, the uh, election? 700,000 illegal votes were found. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Look at who crossed the border. That's almost three quarter of a million. Hey, that's almost as many people as we lost to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just in one state. I just, I just hope that the next election comes up. If, if something happens to me, please don't let me, you know, and I die. They bury me in that kind of thing. I hope, I hope I don't vote for the other guy, you know? <laughs> well, if I die, they ain't going to bury me. They're going to burn me. So if I vote, you know, damn well, it was a lie. <laughs> we'll see it in the smoke signals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh, but uh no, I mean, you know, here here are these women, they fought a hundred and one years ago, okay. A hundred years, you know, to, to the day of the election to, to get their vote and they got it. And and women's been voting for you know a hundred years, and then okay. out of the blue, you know, the Democrat Party, you know, the, the party that believe in the women, the, the party that Holds up the women, right? You know, if you hear them tell it, I mean, you know, they're all about the women, you know, until the woman accuses Joe Biden of, of sexually abusing her and then the woman's a liar, you know, or or they're all for, you know, they're all for, for the minorities until they move into their neighborhood. You know, I like Ron DeSantis. He says, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to load up all the illegals. We're going to send them to Martha's Vineyard. He said, could you imagine them all sitting out there on, sipping their tea on their verandas and look up and say, Oh my word, what are those people doing in our neighborhood? You know, so uh, this is, you know, 
it's asinine that so much was allowed to go on. They're trying to do so much right now. They've done stall the primaries in one state uh, for two months while they go to court because the Democrats are wanting to gerrymander, okay? And so, I mean, this is going on. And uh, I can't remember if it was South Carolina or Georgia, or North Carolina and South Carolina and Georgia. It's one of those three states down through there. Uh, but anyway, they, they, they paused the primary. Uh, at first, when they announced the primary had been paused, I thought, whoa, wait a minute now. I'm running into primary. <laughs> and then they said, well, it was this other state, you know, that kind of, okay. Uh, so, but I mean, they, they've done all this, all this crap. And, you know, they're supposed to be for the women. And they're supposed to be for their people. But, you know, the, the, the ironic thing is, the ironic thing is one state alone lost 43,000 Democrats and gained a hundred and some odd thousand Republicans. So that may tells me they lost Democrats and they lost independents. For us, for the Republicans to gain that much, you see what I'm saying. So, uh, and and the independent parties, actually, I believe, bigger than than either of the major parties. Really, they just don't have anybody to run. You know, they're not running people. But uh, the independents, uh, that can be very very bad for the. New uh, messages received from Fran and John. New I just lost Fran on the screen here. Let me see what she's texting me, folks. She's trying to get out of me. Let's see. But they, they have done the people that way. And Fran's internet has been knocked out. So we're going to keep going here. And... Uh, Hopefully she'll get back on with us in a minute. Uh, but anyway, they knocked out so much of these these votes, these votes of these people. And uh, how can you be for the people when you do the things that we've seen done in the last two years? Yeah. Uh, first, the well, let's let's back it up further than that. Let's go all the way back to the impeachments. I mean, let's let's get down to seriousness now. Let's impeach somebody for a tweet, okay? And uh, when we do stuff like that, and then we, you know, and and we we've imprisoned Americans and held them hostage, uh, political prisoners in D.C. right now, and we've done all this other stuff. How can we take this government serious? Uh, Fran had another picture I want to bring up here and uh, share with you. Here is the Iowa Mama Bears and Dr. Meehan. Now, Dr. Meehan was uh, one with the Iowa Mama Bears. Uh, if, you, if you're familiar with them, uh, there are a bunch of mothers from Iowa and fathers too joined in and they're fighting for their kids and they got the mask mandate stopped in Iowa. It, this was absolutely stopped. And uh, Dr. Meehan uh, actually got up and, and, and has been talking about, he sees about 30 kids a week that's injured by mask. Uh, these masks are deadly. These masks are a problem. Uh, if you want to wear them, fine. If you want to force your kid to wear them, you go ahead and force them to wear them. But uh, you should not be allowed to, to impose your will upon the 
people that choose not to wear a mask or you will upon the people who choose not to get a vaccine uh, because you want to no more than they should be able to stop you from doing that yourself. Now, all the information that we've had, and we'll bring this out later again, I'm sure uh, we'll get you more up-to-date numbers here in a couple episodes, maybe. Uh, but all the f- information we have just off of VAERS alone, which only shows a tenth, a tenth of all the reported injuries and deaths and everything. Um, we've killed more people than we have in the last 31 years with this one virus than we did with all the others, all these other vaccines. And so uh, the, the absurdity and now they're finding out that, hey, if you've got the virus, uh, if you've got the vaccine, uh, you get the virus still. If you got the vaccine, you can still cause somebody to get the virus because you constantly are getting rid of that virus because you have that vaccine in you. And at the same time, you holler that it's not safe to be around an unvaccinated person. Well, let me ask you. Why are the hospitals so full of the vaccinated and not the unvaccinated? Why are the cruise ships where everybody's vaccinated, all the crew, all the staff, all the people that come on the boat, all the all the you know, all the guests on the boat? How are they all coming down with these with these, you know, breakthrough cases? You know, the whole boat's just coming infected with it when everybody's been vaccinated. Yet you can get around an unvaccinated person that don't have the virus or someone that's had natural immunity and you will not get the virus because they don't have it to give you. So who is safer, you or the person that don't have it? The person don't have it is more at risk because of you. But we're not telling you you're not taking it. We're just telling you stay out of our business and let us alone. Uh, but the, the mama bears, they're awesome. They're awesome people. You need to check them out. They are on Facebook. You can find them at Iowa Mama Bears. And if you live in Iowa, it's a good group to get tied up with. Dr. Meehan, uh, I watched him last night on Alex Jones. He was a wonderful guest on there. And uh, I would suggest that maybe you try to catch him on there. Uh, It was really interesting uh, listening to him talk. Now, as far as what's going on more in our country, well, there's a lot of things going on. And uh, this fellow right here, <laughs> he's responsible for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really think that might be the a stock of menus for Shady Pines Nursing Home. You remember Shady Pines? Well, Shady Pines was the nursing home on Golden Girls. And it's still Getty burn it down. But Joe, he's going to build it back better, he says. Much like the White House that you're looking at. I want you to look here. If you go back to pictures when Donald Trump was president, right here was an evergreen tree. Okay? And look at the shape of this structure right here. It doesn't look quite right. Right here is a brick, uh, red brick column, okay? And it's awful close to that window. Now, once you come over to this other side and right here, you see this, folks? This is a pickup truck. Setting right outside the president's window. What do you think about that? And well, there's somebody up there standing at another window 
across the hall where the inside wall is supposed to be. See that person's body right in there? That's a reflection up here. This here is outside the window. Notice the difference in the daylight in the windows. This is done to try to obscure what you're looking at. Now, why would that be done? Well, let me explain it to you folks. We've been telling you for some time that this country has fallen prey to a media that is a propaganda machine for the left-wing liberal parties that are trying to destroy our nation. And right here is one of them, okay? So, uh, and I believe I didn't have that picture up, so I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> so you can see, I am sorry, folks. Here is the brick column that I was talking about outside this window. Notice the difference in the daylight here. This is ridiculous. This is some kind of structure outside this window. It is not part of the White House. And this here is the pickup truck I'm talking about. Parked right outside the window, the president's office, Oval Office, I think not. Should be a helicopter over here where these trees are. And then right here, it looks like some kind of control panel with somebody sitting at a desk. See the lady's arm, see her body, see her head. And she's looking at a window or a screen or something right there. She's got her back to him controlling something. That is not our Oval Office. I hate to tell you. So what that means is the media, when they come in and they, 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 uh, when they come on the news, they say, here, here, we're at the White House and we're taking these pictures. They're lying to you. They know they're not at the White House. They know they're not at the White House. And Fran is back with us. She's on her way back. How about that? But these people know they're not at the White House when they're taking these pictures. They know that they're, that they're telling you a lie and they're doing it. Why? Because the government is telling them to do that. They are the propaganda arm of the media. We just went through the window, and we, we and, and the bad part was, Brad, you'll get you'll get a kick out of this. The first time I went through it, I didn't have the picture where everybody could see it, <laughs> so I had to go back, <laughs> it back up and do it again. <clears throat> but you know, we just talked about the brick column over on the left. You know, the, the red brick column. There's no red brick around the White House. That's all white wall and stuff in behind there. Uh, there's trees where the helicopter usually lands. There's uh, some kind of shedded on building looking there on the left window, I noticed. And I yeah. actually shown the outline of the lady with her back to him that's sitting at some kind of control board. So, uh, you know, they, they need to do a lot, whole lot better work if they're going to try to fool American people, especially some of us. But uh, I was explaining to everybody that this is all part of the propaganda arm of our media. Truthfully, what got my attention was that pickup truck out there. I don't think they let anything park out front of the White House like that. <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, that should be that should be on the side of the White House uh, where the where the Rose Garden is. Okay, and uh, there's a helicopter pad there, and it's a big open field. It's a big open field. And then uh, there should be a um, uh, a tree at the left window, like an evergreen tree. We talked about that today. Instead of being able to see a brick column and all that, 
And then on the other side, you know, you, you should you should have you know better view out through there. And uh, there, there's definitely not a parking lot there. Okay. And we also saw another picture we we brought up before on the show. Uh, it, I almost believe that's a second location because the other window you could see a wrought iron fence with cars parked in a parking lot outside of it, if you remember. Oh yeah. And then there was the day he was signing papers at a kitchen table. When yeah. was the last time you seen the 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 president sign? Signed, signed executive orders sitting at a kitchen table in an old, a, a old white beat-up farm table. <laughs> yeah, and what got me was that it didn't have that pretty little scallops across the top of the, the yellow curtains there, and those curtains that was behind him looked like they were pretty worn, now, although it may have been in the basement, though. Well, you know, there are some sets. There are some sets set up. And he's even got his own looks. Looks like a game show set. Have you seen that? You know, that, I quit paying attention to him after I saw that <laughs> kitchen table. You know, I look for him to start saying, uh, you know, who who is uh, Vladimir Putin or something for an answer someday. You know, uh, but uh, what is the Ukraine? Uh, but you know. Where did Joe Biden make his most money? What is the Ukraine? <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe they, maybe they, you remember that honeymoon show they used to be, used to get the honeymooners on? Yeah, pal. Oh, they found Alice Brandon on the moon. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's pal, pal to the moon, Alice. <laughs> they used to have a game show called the Honeymooners. And and they they'd get on there and they'd, they'd ask them questions, embarrassing questions and stuff, and that's pretty pretty obvious. Uh, you know, I don't reckon Joe and him ever made it, but uh, you know, if, if uh, maybe they they'd ask you know Jill maybe you know what was her most what was the most memorable part about her her honeymoon? She might have she might have had to answer something like oh, I don't know. You have to ask Ashley. <laughs> Since they're so interesting, getting hold of his, getting hold of his, uh, his daughter's diary. You know, she's the one that accused him of doing that naughty things to her. And uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny. You know that they they sent all these people out with guns, and 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 handcuffs and stuff, and raided Tom Fenton's house and office and everything from Judicial Watch, looking for her diary. And she don't have, he didn't have it. Now that's the interesting part. So who's got it? Did she send it to Assange? I have no idea who it was sent to. I did wasn't she, there. Did she send it, you know, did she send it to Assange or did she send it to to Rudy Giuliani? Oh God, Rudy, look out, I done got you in trouble again. Or uh, maybe maybe she sent it to Roger Stone, or you know, maybe Lynn Wood even. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where that where that comes up at, though, ain't it? It will be. It will be. You know uh, that, that that I can't believe they really want it though. If you stop and think about it, because you remember when they raided Rudy's, what he did. He said, here's Hunter's hard drives, and they wouldn't take them. 
they didn't want nothing to do with what was on those hard drives. Why, why are they trying to hide Ashley's book? They're afraid it's going to get out in public is what it is. And uh, they thought they'd have Rudy shut up in jail by now, and they haven't. So it's going to be interesting to see where all this goes. But anyway, I, I'm going to bring up that picture of the White House because I don't know if, I, like I said, I'm not sure if that's the right. Yeah, it's not. See, this is the uh, front drive, okay? And over here and around toward the back is where the helicopter ride. John, he's going to go out. Huh? Did you go out again? No, I didn't go out again. Bobby needs to go out. Oh, okay. But I think, I'm thinking, I don't believe that's the Oval Office there. I think it's on around toward the back, if I remember right. Uh, I'll try to come up with some other pictures in the next show where we can show where the office actually is. And because um, I, I did bring up some a while back that showed that there's nothing like that uh, picture that we've seen tonight. And Frank, we'll hang on to this picture so we can show it again in comparison. Okay, sounds good to, to me. That, to that one. And um, that way, that way, you know, we can, I like to be able to, to bring it up and say, here, you know, here's what we told you. Here, here's what, what it really looks like, you know, saying. Okay. Uh, so then we can look back and, and look at uh, these big news stations and laugh because we call them. Uh, I, oh, did you hear? We beat Chris Wallace out in ratings. Oh, really? <laughs> they are even way over to CNN, right? Yep. <laughs> Going to start my streaming show. It was the worst rating of any TV show ever. <laughs> Oh, we got hope then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's been at it for years. He's been at it for years. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, we've got a lot of stuff coming up this year, folks, we want to share with you. Uh, we want to start out a little bit, of, have a little fun with you tonight, and just kind of give you an idea of where we're going coming up for the next few weeks, for the next week or two, and let you know what's going on. We'll be back as much as possible. Uh, I'm not the, the one thing that I have have sit and looked at all this information that we're fixing to offer you guys. The more we dove into it, the more ridiculous it gets, and the more ridiculous it gets, the better the show's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of heavy news out here, and we need to cover it, but I, I would kind of like to get us on the light side a little bit too, you know, where we can have fun with things. Uh, that show we done right before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that was a great show. I, I love that show. And uh, we sat and watched that and laughed and, and just had a good time after, you know, after it was posted and everything. And, and uh, it made it made for a good, good Christmas show. But uh, there's enough bad stuff going on that we have to tell you about. And uh, I, I think, and me and you've talked about this, and I think Ed feels the same way. Uh, if we can bring some levity with it, okay, and give you something to laugh about, 
just maybe just maybe your day will be a little bit brighter till we get through this. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And uh, you know, I'm I'm sitting right down here in this little county, you know, and there there is so much going on, so much bad things going on. And there's a lot of people just are oblivious to it, you know. Uh, when a we lot of pre- people that don't want to know. Well, when we was prepping for the show tonight, you know, I had one guy uh, equating to me that uh, trying to, to stop the use of illicit drugs is like taxing firearms. And where in the hell he got that, I don't know. Number one, I don't stand up for a tax and firearms. It's illegal. Okay. Number two, uh, owning a firearm is a constitutional right. That's right. Doing math is a crime. That's right. And it's not a victimless crime. And anybody that thinks it is can come talk to me and tell me to my face because I lost $160,000 when the meth heads robbed my house and burned it to the ground. I've represented kids in court that right. the, the parents have been using it in front of them. I've got, I've got family members that's hooked on drugs. Okay. Uh, I got a cousin that they gave her Oxycontin after a car wreck and she'll never be right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it breaks, it breaks my heart when I speak to her. I love her yeah. to death, but it breaks my heart. And, uh, so, you know, you can't equate to me that, you know, that, that cracking down on drugs is like like uh, confiscating guns or, or taxing them. No, it's not. It's, it's not. not. And uh, anybody that's, you know, got their head twisted on that way, they got a problem. And uh, drugs is not a victimless crime. Drugs is caused by a lack of education. Can I go on a stump for a minute? Sure. <laughs> I just want to tell you something. It's like this. When you live in a poverty-ridden area and you don't get an education or do not get a good education, a great education, uh, when you do not get a good education and there's no industry, very little business in your county, there's very little hope for you when you get out. Especially when you come out of high school reading on a fourth or fifth grade level. When your math skills might be sixth grade or third grade or non-existent. Or when your understanding of the government and the laws that govern you is non-existent. Then you don't have much hope to succeed in life. Yeah, you might get on the internet and you might make $3 million doing twerks on TikTok. If that's what you call success, good for you. I'm glad for you. But if you make $3 million and you don't have enough sense to take care of it, you're still going to end up broke. And these people that grow up in these poverty counties like this, one, when they grow up, they get out of school, they can't even get into a community college without taking extra courses for a year. Okay, some of them. Our valedictorian in 2001 had to take extra courses. That is sad. 48% of our eighth grade failed in 2001. We still got the same school board members. We got a problem here. 
Okay, it's not the teachers, it's the school board. They're not supplying the teachers with what they need, the tools they need to teach the kids. And they're not paying for the quality of teachers. They're getting anything they can get because they can, they're paying below standard, okay? And so what happens is, is these kids grow up, they go to get a job in another county, and they look and say, well, you're from, you know, this county, and these other kids are from these other counties, and their grades might be a whole letter grade lower than yours, but they was in a lot harder school to get through, so we're going to hire them because they earned their grades better than you did. So you're not going to get a job. Does that make sense? So what happens when you as don't? As an individual, no, but as an employer, yes. Okay. Yeah. You see what I'm saying though? Yeah. Because I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've hired, hired people and I look at their grades and where they went to school, you know? Uh, and so um, when, when you do that, then they don't have a chance to get out of the poverty they're in to, to succeed and get ahead. Uh, yeah, there are some people from any system that, that will, will rise to the top, but the majority cannot excel that way. Okay. Uh, the ones that, you know, rise up to, you know, $150,000, $250,000 job out of a county like this one, if they were in another county, they'd probably be knocking down a million dollars a year if they'd had a better education from another county. I'll just be honest with you. And uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that play into that, but when you don't, when you can't get a job, then you turn to crime and crime, uh, you end up getting in jail, you lose a record, you get a record, and then you get all depressed or you get depressed and you go to drugs first and then you turn to crime. And the one feeds the other. The need for the speed will fuel the need to commit crimes, to get the money, to get more drugs, to continue in this hopeless catch cashmar they've got you caught in. And it's it's the government doing this. That's why they've yeah, got yeah. the suboxing clinics. You know, somebody said, well, they can go to suboxing clinics. They get suboxing, they can use that to get off drugs. No, they don't. They go to suboxing clinics, they get the suboxing, they bring it back, they shoot it up their vein, and it makes them high. I've seen them do it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the same thing with the method. What, what, what's that other, other, uh, they used to have the methadone clinics. They were doing the same thing with that. Same thing. You know, and everybody said, oh, it's hard to get pain pills anymore. No, it's not if you're a drug addict. It's just if grandma breaks her hip, she can't go get one. Because yeah. if grandma goes in with a broken hip, oh, you're just wanting some drugs, you know. They'll do grandma that way. But then when, when, the, when, when the guy comes and says, hey, baby, <laughs> I'm hurting. Well, you need this, son, you know, and that's the way they do it. And we need we need these crooked doctors. We need these pill mills, these methadone clinics, and all these others that's handing these drugs out needs to be shut down. The only way that you can stop a dam from breaking is to repair the leak. And the way you repair the leak is by stopping the flow. Right. And I don't care how many years we've been fighting the war on drugs. The reason we're still fighting it is we're letting the damn politicians out of Washington, D.C. keep funding it with their methadone clinics and all this other stuff. We had, we had a thing down here called United. It was, uh, it was a drug task force. 
Hell, it was the crookedest cops in town, in, in the state. How Rogers put them together, our congressman. He's very wealthy. Do the math and follow the money, friend. You know how it goes. Now, that's part of what we'll be talking about a little bit later on how to follow the money. Mm -hmm. and, and who's got the money and what their agenda might be. You know, I got, I got, you know, he's, he's, I told one guy, my, I said, don't you be putting words in my mouth. I said, that's not what I said. Because, you know, they, 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 these drug things is personal to me. I've worked with drug addicted people through the ministry. I've worked with drug addicted people through, through the uh, scouts. I've worked with drug addicted people in my family and in my neighborhood. Yeah. And I take it very personal because I've seen the lives that's destroyed, even within yeah. my within my family. And uh, you know, yeah, we got we gotta we gotta work on the education, but we also gotta stop the drugs. We, we can't, and we can't, if we don't stop the drugs, we're not going to stop the crime. There's no way you're going to stop the crime. And they're like, oh, no, they wouldn't commit crime to get drugs. Get out of that damn fantasy land you're living in. Pull your head out of your yin yang. And if, if they're using drugs, they're in the criminal scene anyway. Right. If they make it, sell it, or whatever. Hello. You know, if you're out there slinging drugs to your kids going to school, your ass needs to be in prison. Yeah. And if 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 uh, if you're going out here and you're robbing your neighbor or burning their house down to cover your tracks after you rob them like they did me, then your ass needs to be in prison. Okay. If you're breaking into somebody's house like George Floyd sticking a, a gun to a pregnant woman's belly and robbing her at gunpoint, your ass needs to be in prison. The best thing they could have done for George Floyd was lock him up and threw away the key. At least he'd be alive. You wanted George Floyd to stay alive? Put him in prison. He'd still be here. But no, he kept living like a dog and he died like a dog. Now, I like. Grady Judd down in Florida. I like him. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I will tell you right now, if, if you don't want a plain spoken sheriff, you better not vote for me because I'll be like him. Friend, you know Joe me long out. enough to know that. Him and, him and Sheriff Joe out there in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, Sheriff Joe on power. Okay, has another one. He, he moved know. a lot of the inmates out into, into tents and put them in pink underwear. He yeah. says, if our military goes over there in 100 degree temperature with no air conditioning, he says, you don't, you guys don't get it either. They got an egg sandwich, carton of milk, and a, uh, I think it was a piece of fruit in the morning. They got a bologna sandwich, a uh, carton of milk, and a, or it might have been Kool-Aid, and a bag of chips for dinner and supper, for lunch and supper. And his recidivate his recidivity rate was almost minuscule. I mean, almost non-existent. The people he only had like one or two percent of the people that went through his jail ever come back. Yeah. Okay, that's what you call rehabilitation. 
you know, you can't, you can't, you know, it's, it's like these, these drug addicts, you cannot take and, and give them something else to take the edge off. If they get out there and they sweat that out of them and they go through that pain, they go through that hurt. Yeah. It makes them sick. And yeah, it might seem cruel and inhumane, but who did it to them? They did it to themselves. Okay. Same thing with an alcoholic. If they have to go through the DTs and they have to suffer that, then they know what rock bottom is and they know they don't want to be back there. Now, I'm sorry. That's, 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 I believe in that. I believe that. And I've seen it work. There's no need for the American citizen that's out here working and paying bills and doing everything they're supposed to do. And they're paying their cable bills and, and phone bills and that kind of thing. Yet they get that privilege in prisons and when taxpayers got to pay for it. So in order to pay for that, they jack yeah. our rates up so that we pay that much more, plus the extra taxes to build the building and pay the uh, uh, employees to work there. Well, you know, I think that they should have to work and pay back what it cost them to be in jail. Yeah, at least. Number one. Number two, anything you get in jail, you need to pay for while you're there, which means you have to work while you're there afford to do it. Because if your mamas and daddies out here, if you really love your kids and they go to jail, you don't put money on their account. You tell them, you're in jail. You're being punished. People who are being punished don't get to buy televisions and Xboxes and lay in jail cells and play them. They don't get to buy cigarettes. You know, I had a guy come up to me one day when I was smoking. He come up to me at Speedway. Come up to me. Hey, buddy, got a cigarette? I've been in jail all week. I said, well, who the hell's fault was it that you was in jail? Was I with you? He said, no. I said, well, then go get you a job and buy your own damn cigarette. I said, I'm not here to support your bad habits and your criminal activity. He didn't know what to think, did he? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, he, he just, you know, but I mean, and I worked with a guy here in this community to get him off drugs, got him set up to be a contractor and everything else. And he blew it over a crack pipe. Okay. Over a meth pipe. And when he did, I said, that's it. I washed my hands up. That's when he hit bottom. And you know what? He finally come out of it. But he had to hit that bottom. He had to learn that, hey, that was the last guy I had I could turn to. Everybody else was against him. Everybody's at me like, why are you trying to help him? He's just a drug addict, you know. Well, you know, somebody's got to try, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, then you've got to have that, that, that streak in you that says enough's enough, you know. And uh, that's when they hit bottom and that's when they turn their life around. Now he's working at a regular job, got a kid, why, you know? And uh, so, but that's, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. And you can't just, you know, call people because they took the wrong choice in life. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, me and you made some bad decisions along the way, nothing criminal, but, uh, you know, we've had to come out of our decisions 
And we've had, everybody's made poor decisions. They just don't talk about it. Right. I mean, though, we've 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 come out of them on our own. We didn't we didn't expect somebody else to 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 carry us through it, you know. And. Uh, you know, I think I think uh, I still think the best thing to happen to everybody's when they get out of high school, I think they have to do at least two, three years in the military. Uh, unless they're just physically incapable of doing it, but then they can still do desk work or something like that a lot of. So I think everybody could use that discipline. I think we'd have a whole lot better world, provided we can get our military back. Now, the military we got right now has gone to hell. I mean, we're talking about uh, critical race theory training in the, in the military. You know, when, you know what critical race theory was to us in the military? If you looked at another soldier and you saw saw collar, you got a boot up your back end. Because the only collar you see in the military green. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It you know, when you when you go out in the field, I mean that black guy, that yellow guy, that brown guy, that red guy might be the one that saves your life. Yeah. Or you might be called on to give your life for his life. But that's what you do. You can't, you can't look at it and say, well, that's a black guy, I'm going to let him die, or that's a white guy, I'm going to let him die, or that's a brown guy. No, it don't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, but now we got to look at, uh, we got soldiers being taught that, well, you, well, well, private. I hear it now, I can hear my drill sergeant. Well, private, just let me explain to it how it is. You see, private, because you're black, you'll never get past PFC. Hell, you might make corporal, but if you do that, it'd be about like making a general for a white person. And you, private, you shouldn't be ashamed of yourself because you'll probably be a four-star general while this guy's still a private because you're white. Now, could you imagine a drill sergeant doing that? Because that's what CRT is, and that's what they're teaching them in the military today. That's what they're teaching them in the military today. It's absolutely wrong. So, you know, and I, you know, I got no problem if women want to go to war, if that's what they want to do, that's their right. Okay. As long as they can hold up, as long as they can hold up their end, I got no problem for it. But it just like a man that, that, that can't hold up his end, if he can't hold up his end, then he don't need to be going in. He needs to be put out. You see what I'm saying? But I don't, I don't, you know, I don't go for all this. Well, this one's got to do 20 push-ups and this one's got to do 40 because this one's younger and that one's older. Or you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. They're doing all of that now. Well, what what's this guy's doing 20 push-ups going to do when he's got to grab a guy up, you know, outweighs him maybe 75 pounds, throw him across his shoulders and run 300 yards with him under fire. He ain't going to make it. He's not going to have the upper body strength. He's not going to have the wind. He's not going to have the back muscles to do it. And it's the same thing with a woman. If she, you know, she should be able to knock him out like everybody else. You know, and uh, I've seen some women that pretty rough now. <laughs> I was in with some of them, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'd, I'd had no problem, you know, believing they could pick me up, carry me if they had to. And, 
but I mean, we, we just got, we got to start loving it, loving each other and, and, and putting all this critical race theory and all this other junk behind us and get back to being American people. And we got to take our country back. Uh, you know, we got to, uh, I can't, I can't think of anything called a man, anything but a senile old puppet that craps his pants and then walks out in front of the media and says, I just got my butt wiped for a president. And we've got Russia threatening to bomb Europe with nuclear bombs. We got Iran threatening to attack us if they don't prosecute Donald Trump. Uh, China is laughing at us. We have no strength right now in the world. And that's scary. Yeah, that's why everybody needs to lock arms and say, okay, enough is enough. 2021 is gone. It's in our ball court now. And we don't we don't play anything but by the rules and it's gonna knock everybody else out. Well, our soldiers that are stationed in high cost living areas, mm-hmm. 43,000 of them just had their income adjustments taken away. For the cost of living in the high class, in the higher areas where they have to live, you know, if you're stationed at Hawaii, it's going to cost you three times as much as it does to live in Fort Knox. Yep. And uh, they're not getting it. So every time the Democrats come in, Obama done the same thing. They they stripped the military of their, of their money. They stripped them of their benefits. Uh, he took down all of our missile defenses around the country. I'm sure Biden's doing that right now. Uh, you know, our military guys, uh, combat soldiers supposed to get six meals a day. They cut them to one. You might say six meals a day. That's too much. No, you get out there and you fight in a war and you find out how much calories you burn. You'll find out you got to have that to keep your body weight. These guys ain't getting fat. Believe me. when they're over there. Uh, you look at them, they might look big, but they've got all that body armor on. You know, an average police officer carries around about 45 to 60 pounds. Average soldier, his backpack weighs 45 pounds. That's not counting his body armor, his weapons, and everything else he has to carry. So you're looking at a soldier packing at least 100 extra pounds everywhere he goes. And then if another soldier falls, he has to pick up that 150, 175, 180 pounds and run with it. So uh, it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of food to fuel that. And and I think it's very sad when when we have a party that every time that they get in power, the first thing they do is strip the the military of their food, their wages and their benefits. And this has got to stop in this country, folks. It's got to stop. We've got to fund our police. We've got to fund our military. And we got to take this country back. And I, I'm just getting damn tired of waiting. I really am. Yeah. I really am. Uh, don't think, don't sit there and say, oh, Donald Trump will be back, you know, in June. <laughs> no, Donald Trump won't be back in June. I'm sorry. 
There is even if even if they prove that every state's election was totally fraudulent, there is no mechanism in our current laws in our constitution that would allow him to come back into office. And that's one thing our framers messed up on. But whoever dreamed that this experiment in democracy and in, in, in a democratic republic would go this direction. You know, I, I I think they prepared the best they could for it, but I don't think they ever figured that somebody would be able to pull off such a coup on an election. But then they didn't know about computers. They didn't know about, you know, Internet, everything else, the way it's Xerox machines and, and yeah, programming. Right. You know, back then, everybody turned in a paper ballot and it'd be, you know, how many people voted to how many ballots you better come up with at the end. And, uh, but no, it's they never they never could foresee what 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 happened in 2020. And bad thing is, I'm looking for it happening in 2022. I'm looking for it happening in 2022 primaries. I mean, it's hard telling, you know, Mike Lindell proved there was fraud in every county across the country. Every county and every state. Every county and every state. So I'm not going to disillusion myself and thinking that maybe our election will be totally fair because I don't know if it will or not. You know, well, there's a lot of ballot boxes out there that's going all electric, all electronic, and uh, you can't go back and find out exactly what ballots were cast that were legal and what weren't, especially if it's inside a computer, because that's right. that's what those ballot boxes are, are doing with the Wi-Fi in it. It's got a full computer and can be programmed. And whatever you put into that programming, that's what you're going to get out in the end. It doesn't matter what everybody else does with it. It's what, yeah, what's programmed to do. If you set it to count one vote for 0.66 and the other one 1.44, the, the, the one is getting the 1.44 per vote is going to end up with a whole lot more votes than the one, one that's getting 0.66, even if they both get voted for the same amount of people. And that's exactly what happened in this last election on a lot of it was the programming of the machines was that far off. And they the ballots it. out in a, in a ditch somewhere so that it's been gathered up or sent over from the military. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and look at the ones they found in the dumpsters. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, we actually showed footage uh, last year of, of a mailman dumping them right out of the back of his mail jeep into a dumpster. Ballots. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just, it's a lot of illegal stuff, but anyway. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be able to talk about and what's going on. And uh, truthfully, you've got to understand what's been driving all this to begin with. And once you understand the bits and pieces of how we got to where we're at today, to be talking about where we're at today is like... Um, uh, throwing another block, another uh, piece of wood on the fire that's already gone out. You just can't understand it unless you unless you feel the heat from it. I spent an hour this morning on the phone talking to a young man from Nepal. 
that has no idea what's going on in this world globally and enlightening him. And uh, he said he wants to talk to me some more because he had no idea what's going on. But I, I want to end with one note. The news, like we showed you, the news does things to as propaganda, okay? And one of the worst propagandas we have in the news is not telling the news. That can be as bad as the news that they tell, okay? Mm -hmm. Because our news makes it seem like nobody is standing up. It makes it seem like nobody is fighting, that the world's gone to hell and we're sinking fast, okay? But it's not. There are people standing up in Austria, Australia, the UK. They're standing up over in France. Hell, the yep. military and the police have turned on the government in France, okay? Argentina, I think, is another one. We've seen it right here in California. We've seen it in 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 uh, we've seen it in Indianapolis. Okay, we've seen it in different cities here, in New York. When people are starting to stand up. They're just not covering it, folks. They're not. And it, they're not it, covering it like they covered the uh, insurrection. As soon as these things hit the internet, a lot of times they are snatched down before we can even get a hold of the pictures, okay? Or we'll be we'll be seeing it and I'll be trying to get the picture and trying to get it saved and it'll go down before I can get it on. But I promise you this, anything we find Fran, from now on, anything we see where they're standing up across the world, we need to start putting it on that next night. I, I'll tell you what, I've got an excellent picture of the video that was shot in the middle of the insurrection with the guy with the $50,000 camera on his shoulder taking video, laughing at the at the bumbling cop that was trying to keep back 20-some people storming up the, the uh, stairway to go into the, you know, going into the uh, state house. Yeah. The Capitol building. And everybody was laughing at that bumbling cop. Well, you know, that guy was there as an agitator. That guy was there. He is part of Insurrection USA. He is part of Black Lives Matter, and he's a member of Antifa. Oh, the bumbling cop is? No, the, the guy with the camera. The, the black guy that was with the girl with the camera? And yeah. This guy was a white guy that was inside well, the Capitol building. The guy I'm talking about got... I think it was $60,000 here in the U.S. for his footage and another $20,000 for it over in Australia. CNN paid $60,000. I think it was CNN paid $60,000 for that tape. And then AB, uh, Australia's ABC channel, not American ABC, Australia's ABC channel paid $20,000 for it over there. And yet he walked free, and he's part of Insurrection USA, Antifa, and Black Lives. Known to be part of that. The guy that murdered Ashley Babbitt is still free. And that all it was was murder. I will go to my grave professing that was murder. I watched the tape slow motion.
I'm I'm going to pull this up real quick. You can go ahead and show it tonight. Okay. If I can if I can find it. Anyway, go ahead, Bill. And yeah, while I'm looking for this, that'll be the last thing we'll show tonight. But I mean, we've we've seen we've seen this, and now we've got these guys up there in DC that are being held. Uh, QAnon Shaman got three and a half years. Another guy's got five. Uh, when the when the doors was open for them, the gates was pulled back. The doors was open for them. They were escorted. In. Hell, the QAnon Shireman was was escorted into the to the house chamber. Okay, yeah. he left a message on a piece of paper for Nancy Pelosi. I guess that's the most he damaged was writing on a piece of paper. Okay, he, he said a prayer while he was there. Oh my God, you know that's got to be illegal in this country. And uh, you know, and then. You got all these people that would just let in, let in. A lot of the cameras and stuff were stationary. This was set up. It was rigged. It was all set up to start with. And the reason that the Democrats are saying we want to know which one of the Republicans was in on getting them in here is because they're covering their own tracks. I promise you that if the truth ever comes out, you're going to find out Nancy Pelosi was one of them her and the squad and some of the rest of them in, in, in the Democrat Party was in on getting those people in there. Probably Adam Schiff, O. Schumer, all that crowd of clowns, they were all probably took part in that. And when the truth comes out, it'll come out. But it might take 50, 60 years. And let me ask you something else while we're on this. Sure. Why, why did we have to wait 70 years to find out what's in that vaccine? You think about that. Why do you got to wait 70 years to find out what's in it if it's good for you? They shouldn't be hiding that from you. You got a right to know what goes in your veins. You got a right to know what goes in your muscles. You got a right to know what goes in your mouth or up your butt or anything else in this country. And if they don't like it, then you don't have to let them do it. Absolutely. It's time we learn to say these three words. I won't comply. Yep. If you want to make it four words, I will not comply. Because I'm there ain't struggling. nothing they can do. I'm struggling to find that cameraman right now. You ain't found him yet? Not yet. I've got it in here somewhere. I'm going to try to get a hold of Pastor Glock. I'd like to get him back on. See what he's got to say if he's still getting harassed uh, by the by the uh, FBI. You know, he he told me last time I had him on that that uh, they were harassing him after he come back from you know the January sixth protest. Uh, he never entered the building. He only stood on the steps. He stood there at the top of the steps beside the doors, and he preached over a microphone. But the last I know, there wasn't nothing against street preaching. Any law against street preaching. Uh, if it is, a lot of preachers be going to jail for that. But yep. uh, I used to take kids and go down into Massachusetts and, and we would go down to every youth group and we'd street preach and uh, work with the homeless and stuff. But well, if you can't find it, Fran, what's your... I can't, I can't find it right now. Okay. I must have put it up so. somewhere and forgot where I put it. Right. Well, we'll look for that, folks. We'll get we'll get it uh, up as soon as we can find as soon as she can find it. And uh, 
Till then, we hope to be back tomorrow night. But like I said right now, it, it all depends. The creek don't rise and a whole lot of other things going on. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, when, you, when you live out in the woods, it, it's a little difficult to know what tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah, exactly. And we both do that. We live in the woods and Ed lives in the jungle. <laughs> in the concrete jungle. <laughs> Yeah, I've had my time in the jungle too. There was an old boy down here. I didn't want to tell everybody else. Got down here, and you ain't gonna believe this. I didn't believe it till I seen the picture. He shot a fifty-seven point buck. Can you believe that? Fifty-seven point. That thing's got to be older than Buck Rogers. I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's got it's it's got. Oh man, it's got a rack on. I ain't never seen a rack like that. But standing out and showed a picture of him, Stan, he took a picture of it off a, a game camera, and it was standing out, and it was standing in, in weeds that come up up right about its eyes, and it just looked like a big looked like a big ball of of sticks sticking up, you know, and then it started moving, and then he kind of raised his head up a little bit. You can see it was the deer, and I'm like, wow, you know. But he said he said the day it walked out there and he shot it, he said I thought. Oh man, he said, I don't know how to describe how I felt. He said it was just, he said it was something else. He said it was a once in a lifetime feeling, you know, you get something that big in front of you. So, uh, now that was down, I think that was in Henderson, Kentucky, where he shot it, Henderson County. Uh, now here in Jackson County, I know we've had a couple of white ones. That we, we've, we've got a, something in the gene pool down here. We've had a couple of white bucks killed. So, I think it'd be nice if they all turned white and it'd be easier to see in the deer season because it usually don't snow until after deer season's over. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not enough that they wouldn't stick out. But, uh, it'd be a little bit easier to spot. But anyway, Fran, I thank you for coming on tonight. I'm glad. I'm sorry I had to take a trip to Mexico for a little bit, but I'm back. <laughs> Well, mm -hmm. I don't know where I might be tripping to tomorrow, so we'll try to be on tomorrow night. I may have, may have found this little guy. Yeah, I did. You find him? Bring I him up there. Him. Okay. Uh, did they throw a zoom? There we go. Let's share. That one. Share. Okay, guys. If you look back in the can back there in the doorway, the uh, cameraman is back in there with that camera up on his shoulders. The cop had turned around to get his uh, nightstick, and then he goes back in front of the people and holds his hands up to hold them back. And if you can see those people that off to the far right. They're the right. ones that's coming up the, the doorway to go in and storm the Senate. Yeah, and he's the cop that, that, that led them up that one stairway so they could get the, the senators out the other the other side. Right. Now, this, yeah. this is this is from Flashpoint. And uh, I don't know what the date was, but uh, you can go back, in, back and watch this for yourself. Yeah, they uh, put it on January 7th last year. Yeah. 8 p.m. Yeah, and this was about 11, almost 12 minutes into the video. And if you watch this, you can see for yourself that that insurrection was nothing more than a 
in a uh, Hollywood scene. Yeah, I mean it was all it was all orchestrated. Exactly. Even from the even from the cops down there, they opened up the gates. The well, the gates. It was a bicycle rack that it was all uh, strapped together, and he moved it out of the way. Says, "Oh my goodness, look what's going on!" And then he that was after he after he told people go on up there. And, well, and yeah, the cops were around the head of them, waving at them. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. When you know they wanted to show that that the Capitol building was being stormed by right. Trump supporters. Those some of them may have been Trump supporters, but they were just going up to see what was going on. And those are the individuals that's still sitting in the jail out there that Marjorie Taylor Greene went out and saw. Right. They hadn't had people visiting with them, uh, their family members, or an attorney. They haven't. They're living in squalor with without any razors to keep themselves clean. And this is this is what this administration is doing to our citizens. That's what you call political prisoners. We've seen it with the Third Reich. In and Germany. we saw with that doctor back when when she went to jail about uh, talking about bad about the HIV or something like that. And that wasn't the case. She was standing up saying the HIV, HIV is this is what you need to treat it with because it was not a virus that came in from what somebody some man sleeping with a monkey and then that virus going around the world yeah it's kind of like the Wuhan bat Fauci was involved in that too though oh I know and and guess guess what her book is all about he was pushing the AZT remember the AZT was poisoning the gay people and killing them that's what it was used for killing off them babies killing off them babies in New York and the orphanage yeah Yeah. so I mean I mean this is just the same old play going over and over again. That old man had his 81st birthday on Christmas. It sickens me to think that he was born even on a day that my Lord was supposed to have been born on. You know what I'm saying? That we celebrate it. Yeah. I yeah. Know. And uh, I mean, he, he is one of the most cruelest uh, criminal people to ever breathe the face of this earth and uh well there, there's so much about going on with him right now it, you know it's enough to give me nightmares tonight i'd rather not do that i got better time with myself here tonight you know i had a lady stand up arguing me right here just i know anthony fauci he would <laughs> yeah right you do <laughs> It takes a special kind of individual. To and do in, that. in the wintertime in Alaska, I drive an ice cream truck. <laughs> you know? Oh, well, ladies God. and gentlemen, it's been fun tonight, and uh, we'll catch you again on the next show. In the meantime, yeah. I, I wish you have a good night. All right. Good night, everybody. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless your children, most of all. Till we meet again, may God bless America. Good night. Good night.